The Bible Study Podcast, episode 396. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Psalms with Psalm 60. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with the study of the book of Psalms with Psalm 60 today, and this is another Psalm of David to the tune of the Lily of the Covenant. Now, I don't know that tune. I don't think we know that anymore. And it says that it was for teaching, and it was for when he fought Aram Naharim and Aram Zobah, and when Joab returned and struck down 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. And it goes like this. You have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it open, mend its fractures for its quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. But for those who fear you, you have raised a banner to be unfurled against the bow. There is so often this theme in scriptures, both in Psalms, and I'm reading some of the minor prophets now, for instance, the prophet Joel. And the second chapter of Joel has this same sort of theme of that Israel has displeased God, that all these bad things are going to happen, but then that God will restore them. And so some of those well-known verses we have from Joel, for instance, of in those days your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams, comes at the end of a set of rather calamitous verses. And that's kind of the same theme that we have here from David, that God has rejected Israel and yet now looks forward to the restoration of Israel. This is the relationship we see between God and his people in the Old Testament especially. But I think it's true today, too, is that God desires to be with his people. God desires for Israel to turn around and to come to him that God desires to be their God in the way of the first covenant, in the way that they promised each other that they would be faithful. And so David, when he sees that God has rejected him, doesn't assume that that's it, doesn't assume that that's the end of the story. Because it's like a marriage where there has been a fight. If there is still love there, there is still hope there. It's not anger that's the end of the marriage, it's indifference. And God is not indifferent to his people. He is angry with them from time to time, both you and I and the people of Israel and Judah in the Old Testament, but he is not indifferent to us. And so David's prayer here is, okay, you've been angry, now restore us. You've shaken the land and torn it open, now heal us, now mend its fractures. You've shown us desperate times. You gave us wine that made us stagger. But for those who fear you, for those who turn back to you, for those who are faithful to you, you have raised a banner. And I think of this as a standard. The way that ancient armies would both identify themselves and also the way that they would steer this mass of people without having radios and all those things is they would see the banner and you would know that if the standard bearer was going that way, that the army was going that way. And so he's raised a banner. He has raised this signal that we should follow. David goes on, save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary in triumph. I will parcel out Shechem and measure off the valley of Succoth. 
Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet, and Judah is my scepter. Moab is my washbasin. On Edom I toss my sandal. Over Philistia I shout in triumph. Now, there's a lot of different place names in that, and I had to look up some of them, to be honest with you. Shechem, the Valley of Succoth, Gilead, and Manasseh are all places in Israel east of the Jordan. This psalm is written, remember, after Job returned and struck down 12,000 Edomites. And the Edomites are the descendants of Esau, while the Israelites are the descendants of Israel or the descendants of Jacob. So they're not unrelated. They're all Semitic peoples, as are the Arab people as well, who are descendants of Ishmael. Israel and Judah are also places that are ruled by Israel. But Moab, Edom, and Philistia are those other kingdoms. Remember, the Moabites have come in at various times and ruled all of Israel, for instance, in the time of Gideon. And the Edomites didn't always get along with the Israelites, even though they were related. And Philistia, the Philistines, obviously ruled over Israel during the time, for instance, of Samson. And David fought a lot against them. So given all of that, what is this section saying? First, I think he's saying that all of this area, all of Israel is his. Gilead, Manasseh, the Valley of Succoth, Shechem, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter. David being of the tribe of Judah, Judah being the place that is ruling Israel, my scepter being associated with the king. And then he's also saying that that those kingdoms that have oppressed Israel that he has dominion over them as well. Moab, my wash basin, Edom, I toss my sandal, which would be an insult. Philistia, I shout in triumph. So David is saying, save us with your right hand, that we can be delivered. And God is speaking from his sanctuary that he is over all things. Okay, so that's a lot of Old Testament things. How does that relate to us? I think of the news that we're dealing with, that a friend has fourth stage lung cancer that we thought was in good health. I think of a cousin who we were told wouldn't make the night about two or three weeks ago, but is still alive, but still fighting for his life. And I think of situations that we're in. My son is looking for a new job because his job is winding down, where there is uncertainty, where there is fear. And I think of God also speaking from his sanctuary that he is over all, that he's over all of those things in our lives, that he's over all of those things, that he has dominion over all of those things that threaten our lives, that he has dominion over all of those things that make our lives uncertain. God is still in his heaven, and his arms have not grown short. David continues on, Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, God, you who have now rejected us and no longer go out with our armies? Give us aid against the enemy, for human help is worthless. With God we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. David is looking at the situation that he's in, and he knows that if he doesn't have God fighting for him, he is lost. David is in a small kingdom surrounded by many other kingdoms, and he understands that All of the triumph that they've had in the past have been because God was leading them, because God was going out before them. But God has rejected them right now. And so they're seeing a number of defeats. And he knows that he can't turn to Egypt, and he knows that he can't turn to Babylon, and he knows that he can't turn to any other powerful human help. What he needs is God. 
There's no other solution for his problem. All other solutions fall short if God is not with them. And so he prays to God and says, give us aid, give us your help, and we will gain the victory. We too live in an age where we need God, and there are certain problems that we face that are unfaceable, unbeatable, unthinkable without his help. I pray this week that you, like David, would reach out and call to God for help. I pray that you, like David, would receive from the Lord in heaven the help you need. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.